Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Joe Cook. Today, I'm joined by Justin Wells. we got a great show. We're going to talk about some new visitors that are coming in this weekend or who have locked in their official visits for this weekend. Uh, one of the position that will be real interesting has been recruited well in the past couple of years. We'll talk a little bit about a new honor that Bijan Robinson got that puts him in select company, uh, not only just among you know college football players, but along Longhorns in general. For diving into state championships, uh, we get to see some more 2A and 3A action uh, here on Thursday, uh, 4A, 5A, 6A coming on Friday, Saturday. So should be a lot of fun. Justin, you'll be there. You're looking forward to uh, the state championships this year because there is a little East Texas, a little East Texas tint to it, I think, coming on Friday, maybe Thursday. Yeah. Yeah, it's Friday. I'm always this is this is Christmas for me. I love the state championship, especially since they started playing them at AT and T. Everyone's in one place, and it's just it's a great venue for exactly what this is. I love it. You know, usually there's a handful of East Texas teams there. A few of them didn't make it this far. I believe Carthage might be the only one repping the ETX this year. Um, I know Timpson came close. Uh, I, I know there's some other schools that made a few at Longview made made a run and, and got upset by Alito last week when Texas pledged Jaden Allen. So, man, I'm looking forward to it. I always am. It's going to be cool because there's two games where Texas has multiple commitments playing. Uh, South Oak Cliff against uh, Port Natchez Groves. And I'm telling you, that's going to be a big crowd. <laughs> that, yeah, that's going yeah, to be – you'll get all the triangle and all of South Dallas there for that one. Absolutely. And then DeSoto and, and Vandergriff, two teams that weren't really expected to be there either. But you got Jonte Cook and Trey Wisner. And and so, uh, yeah, man, it's it's thing. It's an every-year thing, and it's right before signing day. And so right before Christmas, so much goodness uh, in December for, for Texas high school football. Exactly. But before uh, – and, and one of the interesting things that – this weekend we'll have, we'll get to it a little bit, is that coaches can be on the road and see that. But at the same time, there's going to be some coaches hanging back on campus uh, at the University of Texas, uh, and they'll be hosting visitors. There's a handful of uncommitted guys. A lot of committed guys are taking uh, their visits, some of them official, uh, including, I think, Peyton Kirkland. I think he's taking his official trip. But one of the more interesting official trips that Jerry Hamilton over at Inside Texas uh, finally reported the other day is that Camorian Pimpton, a six foot six, 220 pound tight end from Fort Worth, North Crowley, same school as uh, current linebacker commit Samaje Burrell. He's taking his official visit to Texas this weekend. Uh, Pimpton's a, a Vanderbilt commit right now, um, has definitely caught the eye of coaching staffs around the country, um, Ohio State, uh, LSU, even, and, and of course, Texas. Uh, he's taken his official this weekend to Texas, uh, chose that over some of the other places that were looking for him. And, um, he's, he's just another good example of a, a guy who used his senior year to really up his stock and have some picks of, uh, really quality programs from around the country. You know, Camorian will tell you, Pimpton ain't easy. And Texas has two tight ends in this class already. And you would think, you know, you know, why would they want another one? And then you watch his tape. You saw his senior evaluation. The kid's phenomenal. He's a great prospect. He's underrated. Uh, and, and you have to also have to understand the two kids that are pledged, you know, Spencer Shannon, that's a big, 
that's a big kid that, that, you know, I'm not saying he's an offensive lineman, but he's more of your, your inline blocking type guy. Whereas Will Randall is the other tight end from Isidore Newman is more of your, you know, flex type receiver. And he's also coming off of a, of a knee injury. And so I think Pimpton's a guy that, you know, if they couldn't get Deuce Robinson, the number one tight end in the country, this is the, this is the next guy on their list. And so getting him in this weekend, I think is big, uh, you know, it lines up to where he would end up in this class. I think the numbers will allow it, but it's going to be tight. And so I think that's why this weekend is important for him and for a handful of other ones. Yeah, and and one of the things with uh, um, Pimpton and, and trying to add him into this class is that, you know, Braden Librock currently on the roster, hasn't seen a lot of action uh, in his four years, I think, at Texas. Um, he walked at senior your day he's yet to make a decision or enter the transfer portal but um that that decision kind of shows a little bit about what they need at the tight end room it's still a stocked room uh but you always want to keep that talent there and uh pimpton would be a good one uh looking at his stats on max preps he's got 57 catches for 914 yards and, and 17 touchdowns so uh definitely one of the top targets as the uh, film you see on the screen uh shows um, North Crowley, they made a pretty good run in the playoffs. I'm sure a lot of it had to do with Burrell on the defensive side and Pimpton there. Kinda, season, you know, they had a great year. Kind of playing the, uh, you know, how, how not saying he's Gronk, but doing those three wide receivers to one side and one kind of lined up by himself on the bottom just to isolate him. He's probably their best receiver. And look at him go and, you know, use that 6-6 six, six frame. I think he also had some really good uh, track and field marks. I think a 54-foot foot shot put uh something like that so uh this is definitely like we mentioned someone who fits the bill of being a late riser uh you know a Vanderbilt commit of course a quality SEC program but uh one that you know there are other SEC programs and even Big 12 and Pat and Big 10 programs who um have been after him just as hard so um definitely a, another instance of Jeff Banks trying to add to that that room and with all the 12 personnel we see from Steve Sarkeesian, it makes sense to keep that room stocked a little bit more than maybe some of the uh, other position groups to dedicate numbers there uh, at a higher clip, maybe than, you know, receiver or something like that. If you're going to have these guys playing a pretty physical position over and over and over. And if you give Jeff Banks the, the chance to take three tight ends in one class, buddy, he's going to do it. <laughs> Jeff Banks is uh, he's the tight end coach at Texas. He does a tremendous job. And like you said, there's some guys that th th there's talent there already from Jatavian Sanders to, to, to Juan Davis to, to Gunnar Helm. There's some talent there. Um, but, it, it, you know, you need to you need to replenish that. And, and, and he's a Pimpton's a kid. You know, he played a lot of receiver in high school. And so it's going to be a transition for him uh, down to, to play lineman. But he's got that athleticism. And like you said, he has a 54 uh, 10 shot which is just insane he took an l he took an official visit to lsu i believe last weekend um he had a handful of other schools that were in the mix as well vanderbilt tells you that uh he's not going to have a problem qualifying and so to me top to bottom I, he, he's a take and and if you've got the room and you've got the numbers and we feel like texas probably does i think he can be a longhorn pretty quick yeah and one other thing i i, I checked lsu's class i'm pretty sure that they've got two tight ends as well so and they recently took one, I think, this past week. So kind of interesting situation that teams that have tight ends committed are, are looking for even more. So a lot of other visitors, uncommitted, committed. We'll have that list over on Inside Texas to 
to check out not only uh, but probably throughout the course of the week and weekend along with some updates but uh, next thing we're going to talk about has to do with what transpired on the field this year um, and it's something that honestly pretty rare when it comes to Texas uh, so there are five selectors when it comes to that the NCAA recognizes when it comes to determining All-American, consistent All-American, or in the case of Bijan Robinson, unanimous All-American status. Uh, the AFCA, American Football Coaches Association, uh, released theirs last. And Bijan, interesting fact, Bijan and Corum from Michigan, the running back, were both unanimous All-Americans. So on the AP All-America team, the Football Writers, Sporting News, AFCA, and Walter Camp Football Foundation, Robinson and Corum were the first team running backs on all of them. So Robinson became the first, uh, or excuse me, the fourth running back to become a unanimous All-American. Uh, first Longhorn since Michael Dixon and Deshaun Elliott did it in 2017. Uh, and just the 23rd Longhorn in the long history of Texas football uh, to be named a unanimous All-American. And, you know, we've reported over at Inside Texas that uh, not expected to play in the, in the upcoming Alamo Bowl. Uh, same with Roshan Johnson. But, man, what a career Bijan had. And, you know, he gets the Doak Walker Award. Uh, doesn't get to, you know, go to New York for the Heisman. Uh, finishes ninth in that voting and behind quorum even. Uh, but unanimous All-American. Uh, everybody, whether it be coaches, writers, press, and or just one in, one publication in particular in the sporting news, all of them recognize that Bijan was one of the two best running backs in the country this year. You know, it, it, it puts a bow on just an incredible career in Austin. You know, it, I feel like it just went that fast, Joe. I feel it, it, it just flew by. But Bijan Robinson, you know, Michael Huff had a really fun post on Instagram yesterday saying, welcome to the club of the, you know, the 23 members uh, that have been unanimous, all Americans, including Michael Huff. You know, he, he was he was welcoming him to the club. Bijan is just he's he's the essence of what you want in competition, in a player, in a person, in a competitor. He's he's everything, and, and you got to give Blake Corm a, a ton of credit too. I think Michigan, you, you could get you know make a play that he he was the he was him and JJ McCarthy were the big reason that they're in the playoff and, and Big Ten champions. But you know Bijan did it. I feel like he would have been in 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 New York for the Heisman had he been on maybe a team that won a little bit more, potentially played in the Big Twelve championship game, had a little bit more exposure per se. Uh, but it is what it is. Bijan's he, he, he's still, um, I mean, he's going to lead the number four rusher all time in, in Texas football history. And he did it in three years. <laughs> and you look at that list, those guys played four years, most of them. And so it, it's pretty significant what Bijan did. And he's going to, he's going to leave a really strong, he's, le he's leaving a legacy, man, because Cedric Baxter's coming and he wants to be like Bijan. You know, Jonathan Brooks is the next up, and, and he's been in the room with Bijan for the last two years, and he has really learned and picked up a lot of stuff from him. And so his legacy is going to last even longer than just this this last three years. And then, of course, uh, yesterday in the ESPN mock draft, Todd McShay has Bijan going number five overall to the Philadelphia Eagles, which um, I know one guy that's producing this show for us will probably get tickled to death. I'm scared as hell if he winds up in Philadelphia. But either way, um, 
Bijan's going to go big, guys. He's going to be big time, and he deserves every ounce of it. Yeah, absolutely. And everybody, everybody agrees. I had the chance to talk to his high school coach not too long ago, and uh, he, he told the story about – how Bijan kind of selected Texas over Ohio State, and you know, just going back to that, he's always been someone who who looks to his faith as to why you know a big reason behind decisions, and that's always been how he acts, how he is, the person he is, and it's been a fun a fun career to cover, uh, and of course, deservedly so, being number four overall in, in rushing yardage all time in, in Longhorn history. That's that's incredible considering some of the guys who have come out of of Texas and. That's incredible considering he did it in three years. One was COVID shortened and one was injury shortened. So, and uh, one of them he played what three? He barely played his freshman year. He didn't play till like halfway through the season. If we, if this kid had just a few more weeks, a few more games, it'd be, it's crazy to see what he could actually do. And I've always kind of thought about the idea that, you know, Sam Ellinger, if you go back to him, there, he's second in a lot of different. Uh, passing metrics in school history. And a lot of that, I think, is because of you go from the wishbone to the eye formation to never really having like a super prolific quarterback. Uh, and then even when, you know, you have the Vince Young years, you're in kind of a spread, you know, you're doing zone read and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, you finally get to Sam Ellinger and he breaks all these passing records that only Colt McCoy is ahead of him in. And Colt was kind of not in a super downfield passing offense either. He just had the benefit of being insanely accurate, having great receivers and doing it for four full seasons. And um, it's kind of curious that with running backs, at least at Texas, that's never been the case. It's always give the ball to that dude, give the ball to that dude. Um, Bijan Robinson. Ricky Ricky played as a freshman, started as a freshman, be it fullback. Cedric Benson started as a freshman. Now he didn't start till the till the Oklahoma State game <laughs> after the OU loss. The very next week, Cedric Benson didn't come off the field for three years. They all Earl Campbell played early. They all played early. Bijan had to sit and kind of wait his turn a little bit too. And he was still able to pass, you know, a lot of those guys yeah. in that all-time rushing leaderboard list. And, you know, maybe with a full freshman season, uh, undisturbed second season. And, you know, if he came back, he'd probably be – he probably would end up, you know, what is he at, 30-something right now? He'd probably end up third. I, yeah, I think he, we've always Ricky, kind of – Ricky really raised the bar. <laughs> yeah, well, when you're breaking all-time records like yeah. that. But, you know, where what the point is, is like we're in current passing leaderboard stats for Texas. Uh, you know, the advent of the spread offense kind of showed up with Tom Herman a little bit. Uh, it's never been like that with running backs at Texas. They've always gotten the ball, and Bijan right. was able to do it basically in just under three full seasons uh, to get up to that point. So – Really impressive, and yeah, he'll probably be the first, what, I think it's been 16 years since the Longhorns have had a player selected in the first round on offense, Um, and it was Vince Young, so that kind of tells you a little bit about what's been going on. They've had great offensive players. They've had some good picks, like even Connor Williams, wasn't he a second-round pick? So they've been close. Well, look at Um, Jamal. They haven't had anybody sneak into the first round um, overall since Malcolm Brown, and on offense, I think, since – 2006 so quite a career probably have seen him uh with his last carry and 
it was great to see the whole Daryl K. Royal Texas Memorial Stadium chant Bijan's name as, uh, uh, you know, they didn't get that last touchdown, but he wanted it and helped in the game anyway. So quite a career for number five, the first All-American in UT history to wear number five also. It's it, it, it's funny because Vince Young's the last first rounder to go on offense, which is just crazy. But then you think about it, like you said, Connor went second. Jamal Charles went, I believe, second, and he left as the all-time leading rusher in Kansas City Chiefs history. They've had a few that were just right there, get, potentially getting drafted in the first round. But man, I, I did not realize Vince Young was the last one. That's a long time to not have a first rounder on offense, but. They'll, they'll fix that in April. Number five, will he'll get his name called pretty early in the first round. Yeah, and it could set up in a couple of years when you have guys just, like Kelvin Banks and maybe oh, even, yeah. uh, you know, who knows what, what happens. Jatavian Sanders. Jatavian Sanders, Xavier Worthy, all those guys. So could be a, a good run on offense for, for the Longhorns in the future. And that will help us because there's always like a little lull in, in May in recruiting when all these opposing coaches can say, well, you didn't get drafted. Well, I think that's going to be a thing of the past now. So, all right, last thing we want to talk about, one of the best, like you mentioned, kind of Christmas comes a little early this year, is it is state championship week. Recording this on Thursday morning, maybe by the time this comes out, uh, 2A Division One, Holly and Refurio may be uh, ongoing. Uh, so check this out before you tune over to Bally. Uh, always fun. I watched those six-man games yesterday. They're entertaining. Big news in the 2A ranks with Mark going down in the state championship game to Albany. Uh, but we're going to talk a little bit about the, the, the bigger teams. Um, and for us, that starts on a Friday. Excuse me. It starts tomorrow night. So Friday night at 7 p.m. Central. Uh, and you're going to get to see South Oak Cliff, Dallas, uh, Dallas ISD team started 0-3 with a challenging schedule. Here they are at the state finals. Going to take on Port Natchez Groves, the Indians uh, from the Golden Triangle. Um, two really quality teams. South Oak Cliff battled back from that early season hole uh, to go through their district. One of the more talented teams, I think, in all of Texas. I'm looking at a list right now. Uh, Malik Muhammad and Billy Walton, two Texas commits, of course, but they've got one, two, three, four, five, six uh, different power five commits right now and that's only in the 2023 class they got a bunch of 2024s and even some 2025s several of whom have texas offers so this is going to be a a star-studded game uh for uh the golden bears and for the indians you're going to be there what are you most looking forward to see from texas uh two commits on the field both malik muhammad and billy walton i see this as the battle between chris gilbert and Rashawn Johnson. Both these guys have re- – they've been going at each other for the last few days. And so this this is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. One thing's for certain, and we said it earlier, there's going to be a big crowd at this one. Always is for a Dallas area team. In Port Natchez Groves, when, when, when they travel, the, Gordon, the Golden Triangle tra- tra- travels. You know, I think they were more of a surprise this year than most teams. Uh, Port PNG, uh, they don't have a lot of – division one talent top to bottom, but they are a very solid program. They just do a lot of things. Well, they don't make mistakes. Um, you know, the, the, the head coach is, uh, I believe it's Gary Joseph, his son. 
is, is the co- is the is the coach at PNG now. And and we almost thought we would have a father son tandem at the state championship, but Vandegrift obviously upset Katie. But PNG's had a really good year. South Oak Cliff has been. I think what happened to Sock earlier in the year is they once they won the state title last year, the target just became huge. Everyone was giving them their best punch. And they played a really tough non-conference schedule, non-district schedule, uh, you know, to start the season to make them stronger, to make them help them make this run, to try to, to bring a, a title back to back, which I can't remember the last time that's happened. And Jason Todd and those guys do an amazing job. Um, Malik Muhammad, he's glue. He's glue out there. He, he, he doesn't have a lot of stats because people don't throw at him. He's just absolutely – he's a, literally an island guy. He, you put him out there on your best receiver, and you're probably – he's going to win most of those battles. Billy Walton has had a great year. He had a game this year, I believe it was against Dallas Skyline, where he had 12 tackles, five tackles for loss, three sacks, an interception. Uh, he was the Dallas Morning News Player of the Year. He's had a great, great season, and, and he's been one of those guys that, you know, we've been watching him for a couple of years, and we kind of saw the progression – of him growing up and growing in to, to, to this role and, and then flipping to Texas, you know, during the season late last year or during earlier this year. And so uh, that's going to be a game I'm really looking forward to, not just because of the crowd, not because of the Texas commits, because both teams are just really solid. They're good. Like you said, sock is loaded. Javon Thomas is a ball player. He's a corner that's committed to Notre Dame. He plays running back for, for sock. He's, he's, he's a dude you got to watch. Kelvion Riggins. Uh, inside linebacker, 2025. He's got 20 or 30 offers already. The kid's 15 years old, and he looks like he's 25. He's a dude. I mean, they, they got guys top to bottom. And so I, I can't wait to kind of – that's going to be probably the first game I'm really anxious to see because I think both teams play really hard. I think the crowd is going to be raucous, and I think that, um, man, I can't wait to see how, how it, the duel of Chris Gilbert and Rashawn Johnson goes down. Then, uh, you know, you get to Saturday, and it's going to be all day uh, watching a lot of Texas commits, uh, basically in all three games. Uh, maybe not so much in the last one, uh, but in the first two, definitely for sure. Uh, 5A Division One uh, Saturday at 11 a.m., you have Alito versus College Station. You know, a, uh, I, I guess what Alito would be kind of Fort Worth suburb, uh, I think yeah. uh, kind of on the, the west side of the Metroplex. Um, no stranger to Jerry World, no stranger to state championships playing College Station, who has been a good program in recent years, has a couple of, uh, you know, power five guys. But uh, the guy leading the way for the Bearcats of Alito is Texas commit Jaden Allen, a uh, little brother of BJ Allen, a current Longhorn safety. And Jaden probably going to be a defensive back. Uh, but he's done a lot on offense this year for Alito and helped lead their offense even. You know, Jaden Allen is the the little brother of BJ Allen, the Texas safety. Um, Jaden's a dude, man. Jaden's a great kid too. Uh, he's actually grown. He, he we, we've seen him mature over the last year, not only in size and stature, but in in in, in just all aspects of the game. Trying to be more well rounded. Alito's another team that gets that target. They, they started the season, I believe, 0-2, and, and it's because they get the best from everybody every week. It's I want to say this is the sixth appearance at the state championship in the last eight years for Alito. Tim Buchanan and those guys, they get here on the regular. And even more interesting, they were not supposed to beat Longview, Joe. Longview was the number one ranked team in the state. 
They upset Longview last week. Absolute crazy ending. I don't know if I've ever seen a game with an ending where there was a lightning delay in a three-point game with 59 seconds left and the the losing team driving, and you had to wait for two hours. Like, that was just absolutely nuts. But Alito has that they've been there swagger. Alito has that this is this is nothing new to us. And while Jaden Allen is, is one of their main dudes, here's another guy to pay attention to, Devon Keys. He plays running back and he plays linebacker. He's got some really nice uh, offers, 2024 kid. He'll be a kid that uh, Texas has actually seen him a few times as well. Alito's got some guys coming up. They may not be the, the, the most talented top to bottom, but they've got some real good youth on that team. And they're solid, man. They're really solid. I don't know enough about College Station. I know that they're really good in that region. They they always seem to come out of that region. And so it's going to be interesting to see how, you know, how, how that one turns out. Because, like I said, you know, Longview was a juggernaut this year. They were a machine. They were blowing guys out week one to week 12, week 13. And the fact that Alito went in there and beat them was huge. And I think if they can bottle up some of that momentum – they might bring Buchanan another title to Alito, which would be, I believe, his fifth or sixth in, in his in his tenure there in Alito. Yeah, you go. I, I've been lucky enough to see one game there, and uh, that's that's quite the program. It's pretty darn cool. So, yeah. um, Jonathan yeah, Gray's house. Jonathan Gray, one of my favorite, Chuck Filiaga, who I think ended up as a Michigan. went from Michigan to Minnesota this past year. So, uh, one of my favorites, and then three p.m. Uh, the Austin area representing, and it's not Austin Westlake, it's Austin Vandegrift. Uh, they'll be taking on the DeSoto, they're the Eagles, right? Yes, DeSoto Eagles. Um, two Texas commits, uh, lead DeSoto uh, on offense, of course, Jonte Cook, the high four star, Trey Wisner, uh, the running back, the kind of versatile piece. A lot of different uh, quality players on DeSoto with. Uh, Kyman Mathis, Jaden Milliner Jones, Michael Porter, those are old guys who are going to play Division One football, whether FBS or FCS. And uh, Vandegrift, the Vipers from uh, Leander ISD, they have Ian Reed, uh, they've got Damian Wimberly, they've got some guys. And they had a, I think they had to beat maybe it was Westlake um, on a last second play. I could be confusing that, but I do know that Vandegrift had to have a last second win in order to get here. Um, and I remember going last year. Was it Katie uh, they upset? I think it was Katie. That it sounds Katie. right. Uh, last year, Vandegrift got walloped by Westlake in DKR. It was like 70 to three or something like that. Cause I was going to watch Connor Roberts Robertson uh, play and Kyle flood meandered out of the office and did, did the same thing. So they go from getting beat down by Westlake last year in the playoffs. To now making the six, a division two state championship game. This will be a good one. Again, South Dallas will be there. They'll, they'll have uh, stuck around, uh, maybe gone home real quick off the Friday night, come back Saturday afternoon. Uh, but Jonte and Trey Wisner. Jonte, you kind of mentioned Malik Muhammad didn't have a ton of stats. Jonte's kind of the same way. You know, he gets a lot of attention from opposing teams, but he still puts up his numbers and is going to be one of the key reasons for uh, DeSoto if they, have, if they end up winning this, a key reason why. Yeah, these are two teams. They're similar, similar to Alito. They, I don't think they, anyone outside of that program didn't expect them to be at the state championship. Joe, Vandegrift was was supposed to lose to Katie, the big bag power in the state of Texas from the you know the Houston area, and and Desoto had to run into a buzzsaw of Denton Geyer, 
who had been just, you know, top to bottom fantastic on offense and defense, and both teams came out with wins, that makes this game probably my favorite. Because both – anyone inside that program would tell you they should have been there. You know, Trey Wisner, I talked to him at the spring game last year. I said, why would you move from Waco Connolly to, to DeSoto? And he said it was to play for a state championship. Like, that was his goal. He, he thought he could be that lasting piece at DeSoto to help him. There's some more Texas ties there. Their defensive coordinator is Kyle Coates. He's a former uh, defensive GA who coached uh, Caden Stearns, Brandon Jones, P.J. Locke. Uh, he did a lot of good stuff with the safeties years ago for Texas. Now he's the defensive coordinator at DeSoto. I caught up with him this week. He is excited. He's ready. He knows Vandergrift is playing with a, with a lot of confidence. It's their first state championship appearance. I believe the program started in 2010. Uh, the only thing I knew outside of Vandergrift for the years was that's where Greg Brown played basketball. But now guys like Ian Reed, Blake Frazier, they're changing that. The, the, this, this is a really strong program. The coach has been tremendous. And, yeah, it's a little surprising that the Austin team in the big, in the big schedule isn't Westlake. It happens to be Vandergrift, and, and the Vipers are going to try to make a stand. That's another one. I think it'll be a good crowd. DeSoto always travels well. Head coach Claude Mathis does a, does a tremendous job. He, he, he came back to his program a few years ago. The last time they went to the state championship was 2016. I believe Sean Robinson was the quarterback at the time. Uh, so he, 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 and he also has his sons, Cayman Mathis, and he has twin boys actually play on the team for him. There's a letter there. This is a good game. This is going to be a good game. There's a lot of good vibes there. A lot of Texas that spills over in both of, both these programs. And at the end of the day, it it's going to come down to can they hold Jonte Cook? Jonte has seen more double teams. He saw more double teams than bracket covers than Xavier Worthy did this year. Cook has been – he just wants to play. But you know what? That comes with the territory. That That's a compliment in most places. And so – it's going to be interesting to see how that one plays out. I think there's going to be a, a big push. Obviously, the game after it, which we'll talk about in a sec, is, is going to be the the headliner. But I really think this is the the this ought to be the best. This this might be the best game on Saturday, Joe. Just because both teams are really confident right now, and I don't think both expected outside of that locker room to be in in, in Dallas on Saturday. Yeah, and that last one, it's the uh, episode four, uh, Duncanville versus North Shore. They're back again. Um, I think that first one with Demetrius Davis still is the best one, that last yeah. second touchdown. Uh, but it's, it's uh, you know, Coach Samples looking for that first state title. You know, it's eluded him at Skyline. It's eluded him here at, uh, at Duncanville. Um, but – this is going to be another good chance for him to do it. And the, and the curious thing about this one is there's obviously it's, it's Duncanville, it's North shore. These are two of the best programs in the state. A lot of those talented players or the more talented players might be the juniors and maybe the sophomores. And I think yeah. the, uh, the lead in, in that role, at least for Duncanville, uh, not a whole lot to go down, but the two for Duncanville are Colin Simmons and Kadavian Dotson. I think those are the main ones for Duncanville. And then for North shore, Maybe a sophomore corner named Devin Sanchez. So a lot of the best players on both these teams. Now, granted, there's some really good players in the uh, uh, senior ranks who may not be going to big schools, but some of the superstars on both these teams in you know episode four may be some of the juniors and sophomores. You know, I, I'll admit, you know, we don't root for anybody when it comes to these things. We just want to see them have fun and, and, and be and have a good time. It, I, 
I want to see Coach Samples get him get a title. If you if you've ever met Coach Samples, he he is a tremendous man. He's a great coach. His coaching tree is ridiculous. Like he's done so much for Texas high school football, especially in the Dallas area. He was actually coaching against my alma mater in 2004 uh, at Dallas Lincoln, where they needed a field goal, extra point at the end of that field goal in overtime to win. And Kilgore blocked it and ran it back to win it. And I I thought that's the worst thing that's ever going to happen to coach samples on the football field until North Shore Duncanville one happened. And I was in the end zone for that one, too. And I still can't believe that happened. That was unbelievable. At this stage, you're right. Both these teams are, are, aren't are so much top-heavy with seniors. It's that sophomore and junior class that are so good. Colin Simmons is, might be one of the best edge players in the country. DeCorey uh, Moore is another guy for Duncanville. People need to pay attention to 2025 wide receiver, Texas offer. He's a kid that, that can stretch the field. Even though they don't throw it very much, he, he can do that. But, man, John Kay, he doesn't say much. He just shows up every Friday, every Saturday, and beats your ass. He doesn't do it, and he does it in a really polite way. North Shore is just a juggernaut. They Even when they're not you know, loaded with five-star talent, they still have a five-star culture. And that's to me, I think, is what really it, – it, it's what endears so many people to Coach K in that program. And those coaches, that's another great coaching tree. Guys that have come out of, of North Shore that have gone on to do big things, notably Joe Price, who's a, a, a position coach at, at UTSA now. And so they they do a great thing there as well. I think Willie Gatson's still the, the OC there. You know, that to me is going to be the big headliner. It's going to be a big crowd. It's going to be fantastic uh, on the field. It's going to be physical. I hope it's close. Most of those games are. And, you know, like I said, we're not rooting for any uh, anybody. But, man, I, I, I would probably smile a little bigger if Coach Stamples could finally get that one ring. He, if you ask him, he doesn't need it to justify his career. He's helped a 1,000 young men in their lives. But, man, if you could just give him that, get him that one ring, if this is the group at Duncanville, if this is the, the bunch, Dotson, Simmons, Moore, they, they got dudes top to bottom. If this is the bunch that gets it done – I'll be a little more excited for that group. I think that's a, a lot of the state, except for the east side of Houston. So, yeah. All right, Justin. Galena Park gives a damn. Yeah, they want more. They want more state championship rings. So, all right, Justin, that'll about do it. We're watching more recruitments. We're getting ready for the bowl. We're watching the portal. We're doing it all in Inside Texas. We're reporting on basketball. We've got it all. So head to Inside Texas right now. You can get one – you can get four months – for one dollar, uh, best deal we offer. So that gets you through the recruiting signing period, the second signing period, the bowl, and maybe even a little bit of junior day and spring ball too, right at the beginning. So come check us out. Make sure you like this video, uh, subscribe to the channel, make sure you turn on notifications so you never miss one. Thank you, Justin. Thank you to our producer, Matt Hutchinson. Hopefully, Bijan maybe ends up with the Eagles. And uh, for Inside Texas, for Justin Wells, I'm Joe Cook, and thank you for watching on Texas Football.